August 2nd. Where the hell did the time go? I can't even... Man, oh man, this year is going by really quick, 2021, which is probably a great thing for many of us considering what we endured last year. But uh, when when the clock, well, yeah, when the clock turned 12.01 a.m. on August 1st, I was literally screaming, not only because is it August, which is my birthday month, I'm August 5th, um, it was it was just like a, a reminder of just how quickly the time goes by. And in the words of the iconic Madonna, time goes by so slowly. That's not really true. Time goes by really quickly. So I don't know what she was you know, saying with that. But anyways... Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. It is I, Andrew DeVitri, the mistress of pop culture, here to bring you all things pop culture-based. I hope you all had a fantastic weekend. Um, I'm sorry I didn't put out an episode earlier today. I fell asleep last night really early. I've been working. I usually work. I I record in the evenings into the morning because time zone-wise, I'm on Pacific time right now, obviously, but I'm also going to bed much earlier because I'm still on the East Coast time for my trip last week. Uh, well, two weeks ago, and I'm going back back to the East Coast on Wednesday, so I'm trying not to get all jet-lagged and screwed up in my time zone again. Also, I just want to tell you guys right now, I'm recording in my bed, and my dog is lying in between my legs right now, snoring, and it is the cutest damn thing ever, and I every minute I spend with my precious pooch, as I'm sure many of you know, under, like understand the feeling, too, you just don't want to do anything other than just like make them feel relaxed and uh, at home and just comfy-dumfy it's just a joy. Um, but yeah, aside from that, I had a great weekend. I had a very relaxing weekend. Uh, spent, spent a bit of time inside because again, I'm with my pup all weekend because I want to, you know, crunch in some time before I head out. Um, also, I spent the entire weekend watching uh, The Prince on HBO Max, Gary Gennetti's new show, all 12 episodes, which are 13 minutes, which is like the perfect amount of time for a show. Um, and I'm going to talk about that as our last story of the day, but it is literally the greatest thing I've ever seen. And there was a musical number in it and everything. It was so genius. And the housewives of Beverly Hills were in it. Lisa Rinna had an extra episode. It's so well done. And there's a bit of a controversy, uh, bit of controversy surrounding it, of course. Um, um, you know, of course, from the people of England. Understandably so. But uh, more about that later. But aside from that, um, I have four other great stories for you, too, to start off our week. And... Um, yeah, so that's pretty much all I got from my end. Did I talk about Gossip Girl yet? I did. I talked about it on Friday because it was so great. Um, and there hasn't been much... Has there? No, there hasn't been really any other films or TV shows that I've watched aside from The Prince. Um, yeah. Oh, by the way, if you hear like a thunderous uh, roar of uh, wind or sound in the background, it's because my AC, on and it's, my AC is on and it's really, really hot. Um, and I'm not going to suffer from my art. I mean, I would, but I'm 30, almost 32. You guys, I'm going to be 32. That's crazy. I remember when I turned 18. I remember when I turned seven. I remember it was my seventh birthday uh, in my hometown. And it was our first house that I grew up in, um, in the town where I grew up in. And I can remember it like it was yesterday. It was a pool party. I had a pinata. I remember pinata. When, when you were young, you would get pinatas, those like things. And everybody would hit them and all the candy would come out. And then you would have like a Carvel ice cream cake, which is my favorite, which really sucks. I can't have that anymore because I'm super lactose intolerant. Oh, man, those were the days. What am I going to have this year? A vegan cake? You know what? I'm all good with that because I love Porto's in Burbank, which is this really great family run, super successful um, Cuban bakery, I'm going to say. Oh, and, I, and they have a great vegan um, chocolate chip cookies and stuff, so... And I've also never had a chocolate chip cookie cake, but I think I'm just going to do like a traditional buttercream frosting cake chocolate because that's my favorite, like rich buttercream frosting. I've also been craving Dunkaroos as of late, and I know they're back on the market, back on the shelves, but like I never go and get them because 
I like, I don't know why, I don't know where I'm going with this, but anyways, let's uh, get into our stories of the day, because there is a lot to chit and chat about, so our first story of the day is about somebody who I, I, I actually am a huge fan of, because not only is she a great comedian, but she was also one of the first celebrities I saw when I moved to LA, literally within the first week I went hiking at Runyon Canyon, and I saw Kathy Griffin, and I was like gagging, because I was such a big fan of hers, and I think at that time, it was right after the late great Joan Rivers had passed away and she had taken over Fashion Police for, you know, that short-lived season before the show ended because of, you know, what went down with Juliana and Zendaya. Ugh, crazy times. Okay, Kathy Griffin shares she has lung cancer despite, despite, quote, never smoking. Oh my gosh, when I read this headline, I was heartbroken. This is from E! News. Kathy Griffin is encouraging her fans to routinely check on their health. The guidance comes after the 60-year-old comedian shared on Instagram August 2nd that she has lung cancer. Quote, I've got to tell you guys something she wrote. I have cancer. I'm about to go into surgery to have my left, half of my left lung removed. Yes, I have lung cancer even though I have never smoked. Griffin told her followers her doctors are, quote, very optimistic as it is stage one cancer and contained her left lung. Oh, by the way, speaking of lung cancer, I'm also watching Sex and the City reruns too on HBO Max. And um, I actually just watched the arc where Samantha Kim Cattrall has cancer. Uh, quote, hopefully no chemo or radiation after this, and I should have a normal function with my breathing. E's former fashion police host continued, quote, I should be up and running around as usual in a month or less. It's been a hell of a four years trying to go back to work, making you guys laugh and entertaining you, but I'm going to be just fine. She also noted she's fully vaccinated against COVID-19. Quote, the consequences for being unvaccinated would have been even more serious. Griffin stated, please stay up to date on your medical checkups. It'll save your life. XOO Kathy G. Um, in an interview with ABC News Nightline set to fully air this evening, today as Monday, the Emmy winner revealed she recently received her diagnosis, quote, really, just days ago, like, I think two weeks ago, I was diagnosed with cancer, she told anchor Juju Chang. As a friend of mine had said, how many kicks in the nuts can you take? And I'm like, my nuts are pretty strong, but it's a challenge. Griffin said she was, it was definitely, she was definitely in shock. I'm still a little bit in shock, she added. Not denial, but I still, like, once a day, I'll just turn to, like, nobody next to me and go, can you believe this shit? Is it a bitch or what? Turn to nobody. I love Gabby Riven. In 2017, Griffin shaved her head in honor of her sister, Joyce, who underwent chemotherapy for her own cancer battle and passed away later that year. She lost her brother, Gary, to cancel in 2014 as well. After Griffin shared the news for diagnosis, several of her followers and celebrity friends sent kind messages. Love you so much. Ross Matthews wrote in the comment section, I'm here if you need anything. Don't hesitate. Um, well, first and foremost, most importantly, I'm sending Kathy Griffin well wishes and uh, a speedy recovery after her surgery. And I'm I'm um, I'm really grateful for her that they they caught it and she's getting surgery almost immediately. Some people aren't so lucky, um, and I think it's great that she's using her platform for good. I think any celebrity that uses their platform to um, really emphasize like any troubles they're going through that are really relatable to many many other people, millions of others, is what you know, using your platform for good is, um, and I'm, I'm such a big Kathy Griffin fan, and I was a big fan of hers, even during the cancellation of her, you know, that infamous photo of her holding a certain, uh, former president's head, uh, which was pretty graphic, but, you know, we were in a different place back then, and cancel culture, I think, was really just taking off, uh, and, you know, she was whatever, but, um, Wishing well wishes to Kathy Griffin. Um, huge fan and I can't wait to see her back up and running and making me LOL because she is, um, I guess, as close, in my opinion, as close to Joan Rivers as we'll ever get because they are the same generation. They're both like uh, the same type of comedians and 
open filters and everything, so... Okay, second story of the day has to do with Jon Snow himself, King of the North, Kit Harington. This is from page six. I love any time we get to read about him. By the way, I'm also really excited to get to see him in Marvel's upcoming The Eternals in November, which is going to be iconic with, like, Force Gemma Chan and um, Angelina Jolie, Sama Hayek. It's going to be great. Kit Harington, quote, really happy he went to rehab after GOT, Game of Thrones. Kit Harington believes he made the right choice to take a step back from acting and enter rehab after Game of Thrones came to an end. Quote, I went through some mental health stuff. Uh, I'm sorry. I went through some mental health difficulties after Thrones and during the end of Thrones, to be honest. And I think it was directly to do with the nature of the show and what I've been doing for years. The actor 34 said on Sirius XM's The Jess Cagle Show Friday. Harrington, who played Jon Snow in the hit HBO series for eight years, explained that he realized he needed uh, to pump the brakes on acting to focus on his own well-being. I think I took sort of a break after Thrones where I said, I don't want to work for a year. I want to really kind of concentrate on myself. He said, I'm really happy I did that. As Page Six first reported, Harrington entered the Lux Connecticut Rehab Retreat, Privé Swiss for Stress and Alcohol Issues in May 2019 before the show's finale aired. <clears throat> Excuse me. The rehab stint came after the Emmy nominee was booted from a New York City bar. The bar's owner later said in a statement that while Harrington was intoxicated and was asked to leave, he came back to pay his check and left a massive tip. The bartenders that served him... Both said he was actually a very nice guy. The owner said he's welcome back anytime. Well, it looks like the bar, I didn't actually know that story, but it looks like the owner of the bar did did him a favor by having him leave and I guess basically metaphorically held a mirror to his face. Um, Also, before I talk about this, I want to say I really like the Jess Cagle show because he's interviewed Anne Hathaway in a really great interview that's on YouTube as well as SJP and a slew of other celebrities. Hilary Duff, he talked about what she feels about Lizzie McGuire being canceled. It's like, he's like a, I don't, I mean, to be rude, and I know he's friends with Andy Cohen, but he's, like, a classier version of Andy Cohen because he has a serious XM show, and he's not, like, thirsty for, like, drama. Not that Andy's thirsty, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but, like, you know, I, I really like Jess Cagle. He's, like, a class act. But anyway, speaking of Kit Harrington, um, I first of all, I first of all want to say I think it's great that he did that. I think taking care of your mental health is the most important thing, regardless of who you are. I mean, Kit Harrington was at the peak of Game of Thrones. It was the biggest show in the world, and I, th- I still think it will always be one of the biggest shows in the world. But it seems like a lot of these huge shows, <clears throat> excuse me, I think something in the industry has to change because these actors are getting burnt out. And I understand the hours are aggressive, and I think Game of Thrones is a lot different because the one episode I always think about with regards to the final season, which I know is very controversial, a lot of people didn't like it, but I loved it, is... Um, uh, what was the? It was the battle with the night with the walkers. Literally, I think one of the greatest episodes of all. I know many people will say, will argue otherwise and say, "Battle of the Bastards" was the greatest episode. And then the episode, uh, home, homeland, or the one where the walkers. I think season six, uh, where Jon Snow first battles the walkers. That was an incredible episode. Um, I mean, of course, every episode was iconic, but that show was so aggressive in its subject matter, and I'm sure for the actors it was only harsher because they had to film it. I mean, everything. So I, I can completely understand why carrying that burden on your shoulders with the whole world looking at you and he probably gets, at that time, and I'm sure he still does, gets inundated with fans yelling, you know, King of the North or whatever. I'm sure it really, you know, weighed heavily on his spirit. So, um, but it was so great that he was so open about this and um, he's such a cutie and I'm really looking forward to uh, his really post-GOT successful career because like I said, he's going to be in Marvel's The Eternals um, and from what a lot of... Uh, theorists and fans of the comics are saying is that his character is apparently like the next Captain America or the not literally Captain America but figuratively in that um powerful like all-around uh strong um savior type so that's really exciting for him and uh, maybe that year off really helped him uh you know get better roles so 
I love Kit Harrington, and I love that he's married to Rose Leslie. Love her. Um, and I miss Game of Thrones. I'm going to rewatch it in like a year or so when I'm like in the right space, but yeah. Okay, third story of the day is something I actually read about yesterday, and I have a lot of thoughts about this, um, because it's it's about somebody, it's about growth, but it's also like in 2021, you're still using this kind of language. That is, of course, I'm sure many of you have read about this, Matt Damon admits he stopped using the F-slur after his daughter explained why it's, quote, dangerous. This is from E! News. Okay, now, first of all, in 2021, if anybody's using that word, you're just an idiot. And, like, of course I hear the gays use it. And I'm a gay, and I don't even use that word. But, like, when I hear it, it's not even, like, it's, well, it's kind of like, whoa. But it's also kind of like, okay, well, these are my people, so we can use it. Because, I, I don't know. Matt Damon is officially retiring this F word from his vocabulary. In an interview with UK's The Sunday Times on August 1st, the Oscar winner opened up about how he used to utter the derogatory term, one that many people use as a regular slur against members of the LGBTQ plus community. Interesting, I was like sort of racking my brain about if, if anyone's ever used that word against me when I was younger and growing up and like in middle school and grade school, high school, and never ever, actually, I was really lucky that nobody used it against me well, I think I went to a performing arts camp and I know people used it there, but it was always the gays who used it. Like, as like a, you know, hey, I'm not going to say the word, but like, hey, you know the, the, how, you know, we are always like, hey, girl, hey, girl. When, sorry, my AC's going on, so you're going to hear the thumb, like the rumbling now. But like, you know, when gays address each other, like, hey, F. I mean, it's not good, but like, it's a gay using it to a gay. So it's not like they're using it in an offensive term. It's kind of like, you know, but still, there's no excuse. Anyways, um... However, he decided it was time to remove it from his vernacular after one of his four daughters took offense to it. Matt told the newspaper that his child, who he didn't specifically name, had recently called him out for using the slur. Quote, the word that my daughter calls the F slur for homosexual was commonly used when I was a kid with a different application. The Stillwater actor explained, quote, I made a joke months ago and got a treatise for my daughter. She left the table. He initially defended himself, sharing, quote, I said, come on, that's a joke. I said in the movie, stuck on you. She went into her room and wrote a long, beautiful treatise on how that word is dangerous. He continued, I said, I retire the F-slur I understood. The Goodwill Hunting star also noted that his daughter made a valid argument in her essay as he described, it's a fair point. Anybody should be offended by that behavior. Um, after the interview was published, Matt's quotes spread like wildfire online. Many expressed that they were flabbergasted by his remarks, including celebrities such as Billy Eichner, um, dear white people showrunner Jacqueline Moore, and others. Billy wrote on Twitter, I want to know what word Matt Damon has replaced F with. I, uh, remember when that joke was that Ben Affleck was a dumb one and Matt Damon was a smart one? Jacqueline tweeted, because one is dating J-Lo and the other one is spending the year of our Lord, Dolly Parton 2021, bragging about how he just stopped saying F. You know, um, and actor Mark Harris also weighed in, quote, when I met a straight man, that split second assessment, would they say that word to you? Okay, when I meet a straight man, that split second assessment, would they say that word to you? Would they say it about you? What if they thought you'd never hear it? It's still something I'm hardwired to, an extra safety check for many of us for decades. Um, I'm not piling on Damon. His journey is his journey, whatever, Mark continued. But if any straight folks wonder why some gay people seem a little brace, consider even Matt Damon, someone who's BFF, someone who FFS worked with in Hollywood for decades, had that word sit easily in his mouth until 2021. That's why. Well, <clears throat> I actually, I sort of had the same reaction too and was thinking like, it's like, <laughs> they're, they're, first of all, they're like literally no words. But second of all, like, what? And I just actually never thought about that how he and his BFF, Ben Affleck, are like in totally two, two different positions. Matt Damon's at the height of his career. He was just Batman. He's dating J-Lo, arguably like 
on par, like, there's two queens in the pop culture world. There's many queens, but, like, two supreme queens, like, mistresses, like, who we bow down to, Beyonce, and, of course, J-Lo. And the fact that, I feel like, and also, Ben Affleck recently was photographed wearing a Love is Love shirt, and I feel like I've never seen Matt Damon wearing that. But it also, it, it totally makes me think Matt Damon has some sense of homophobia in his blood, even though he is in Hollywood, and, you know, I'm sure he's had gay assistants or makeup artists or whatever, the fact that, like, I first of all, I can't even admit that he said this, but, like, it's, it's not good. And, I mean, the only, other, the only way to, like, amend this situation would be, like, for him to come out. But he's never going to do that because he's married and has children. Not that that doesn't mean one can be, but, eh, doesn't sit too well with me. So I'm just going to move on from that story. Um, our next story isn't really a story, but I just wanted to... Before I get into our final story of the day, which is about the Prince on HBO Max, um, I'm a huge Broadway fan. I've said this many a time. And obviously, earlier this year, um, uh, Moulin Rouge, you guys know the, the movie, of course, Baz, Baz Luhrmann's iconic film, was a Broadway show. And during uh, a bit of controversy on Broadway with Scott Rudin, producer Scott Rudin, where uh, many brave individuals were coming out speaking against his abuse against former assistants or employees or whatnot, um, star Karen Olivo of the Broadway production played Satine, formerly played by Nicole Kidman in the film, bowed out of the Broadway show saying, I, I'm not, I can't, I can't morally uh, take on this role when Broadway opens up again, knowing that there is just so much injustice behind the scenes of Broadway show, it's not worth my, my pocketbook being filled up with money. Um, she has it on her Instagram um, and it was it was great. She was advocating for all the right things, and I'm, I think many people, including myself, were incredibly proud that she was, you know, vocalizing what that she could do something about it. But anyways, um, actress Natalie Mendoza takes over her part in, in Moulin Rouge, and uh, the reason why I thought this was so awesome was because this actress was actually in the original film. She played China Doll. She was one of the Can Can girls, and it's like a total. It's totally a full circle moment because probably when she was filming the film, I mean, I'm sure she was grateful to be doing it because it was such an iconic film, but. She probably was like, oh, Nicole Kidman's so iconic. Satine's an amazing role. And now she has the leading role in Broadway. So it must be a totally full circle moment for her. So congratulations to her. I just wanted to share that because I still haven't seen the Broadway show. But I know uh, come November, I'm going to fly back to New York and see every show I possibly can. Um, and it's also been announced that... Sorry, it's Nicole. It's also been announced that all Broadway... Um, audiences have to be fully vaccinated so <laughs> get your vaccines girls okay and this brings us to our final story of the day this is from tmz the prince brits fuming over animated royalty mockery and a disgrace okay i just want to talk about the show it's 12 episodes on hbo max 13 episodes 13 minutes each it's so great it follows uh, gary janani who plays prince george and sort of like the inner workings of the palace uh princess charlotte who is his sister played by sophie turner will and cater in it um Harry and Meghan are living in LA, and their, their storyline is so funny. Obviously, the, I mean, I think the two best characters of the show are Owen, who plays Prince George's butler, um, and the uh, Queen Elizabeth. She's so funny. She has all these, like, she just throws a lot of shade and great, great jokes. Um, everyone is so great. Oh my gosh. And then Prince uh, Charles and Camilla Parker Bowles. Camilla Parker Bowles literally has no lines. She just, like, moves her mouth and, like, is tracing sugar cubes around and. Prince Charles, the uh, actor who plays him, Dan Stevens, who is the Beast in Beauty and the Beast, uh, does like the perfect imitation of him, as good as uh, the act Josh O'Connor, who was on The Crown. But it's such a great satire. It's a great comedy. There's like a sci-fi element to it too, because like there's these cakes that the Queen loves, and like these monsters in the chambers of the castle make them. But then 
the queen decides she doesn't want the cakes anymore. Spoiler alert. So the like staff like burned down all the monsters except for one monster who then disguises himself as a butler. And then the way season one ends is the the monster who's like disguised himself as a butler is getting his revenge on the castle. It's such a good show. I do. I really, really hope it gets renewed for season two because I can't even, I can't just have 12 episodes of this iconic show because it's so fucking brilliant. It's so, it's so brilliant. Literally, that's my honest reaction. But anyways, let's read this article. The royal family is the subject of a new animated series called The Prince, and the, Brit- and the British are up in arms over it, calling it less satire and more mockery and disgrace. The HBO Max series, created by Family Guy co-executive producer Gary Gennetti, is a humorous take on the royal family. It's been a few days now since the show started streaming, and some hater-fueled reviews are in. Many angry views took to social media to decree the show as, quote, wrong and disgusting for portraying the family as a dysfunctional family with egotistical tendencies. The show doesn't do that at all. It It's funny. It's jokes. It's not... It's not um, and, the, oh, by the way, before every episode, there's, like, a a letter, like, a mid, written in, like, medieval uh, calligraphy or whatever, saying that this is all a joke. This is literally... It's just a joke. So it's like a spoiler... It's like a spoiler alert warning in the beginning of every episode. They probably did that for legalities, which I totally understand. The show is starring Orlando Bloom as Prince Harry, also centers around eight-year-old Prince George, who is portrayed as a spoiled brat who orders staff around and forces kids to join his lavish playdates. Yeah, it's, it's a joke. It's not like... I can't. Queen Elizabeth is portrayed as a mafia boss while Prince Charles gets the mommy boy label, who, behind closed doors, bitches about having already waited so long to take the throne. Meghan Markle and Prince Harry are also depicted living in L.A. from, quote, the smallest palace Harry has ever been in. The animators also pushed the envelope when it came to um, characters. Prince William's head, for example, is massive. Prince Philip has a protruding back and looks all but lifeless. For what it's worth, the palace itself has an issue to review the Prince and Jeanette. The creator of the series says it's all done with affection. It really is. It's like a love letter to the royals. And I'm sure Meghan and Harry are watching it. It's really funny. And like, it, there's one scene where we're in the uh, bedroom of William and Kate and like they have assistance. They, like, they're in a fight. So Harry... Uh, William is like, I'm so angry, and he orders his butler to stomp his foot, and Kate is like, I hate you, and she has her maid slap uh, William's butler. So it's like, it's so funny, it's so genius, and there's really funny comedy and really funny jokes, and the queen is like, shut up, Charles, because Charles is like bitching about how Charles can never get his thought out, or and he just bothers the queen and the Camilla Parker Bowles, who literally has not one word, doesn't speak one word, she's just there. It's so funny. Camilla Puckaboos. That's all I can think about when I think of the crown, the way that he says it. Um, but anyways, you guys, it's so good, and I highly recommend watching it. It's on HBO Max, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a quick watch. You can watch it probably in two hours. I, I watched it over two days because I was literally savoring it because I knew there was only 12 episodes out, but I really hope more come out because it's just it's great, and it's so creative, So and a great cast, too. Um, so yeah, that's that on that, but yeah. So those are our stories to start off our week. Um... Uh, I think there are pretty good ones today, too. I hope there's some good ones tomorrow, too. But, yeah. Anyways, I hope everybody has a fabulous start to the week, a fabulous Monday. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in. I'm Andrew Dimitri, the mistress of pop culture. You can stream my podcast on Apple, Spotify, CastBox Radio, Google Podcasts, iTunes, um, the podcast app on the iPhone, basically any of our podcast stream. Um, so I did mention going out of town Wednesday night. So for a week and a half, we'll be on the East Coast. But I'm going to do episodes. I know when I was home two weeks ago, I didn't do any episodes. I sort of took a break because I really wanted to spend time with my cousins. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, bring all my equipment and whatnot and work when I'm there because, well, for, like, my mental sanity and whatnot, but also, like, <laughs> girl got to pay her bills. So, yeah. All right, everybody. Have a great day, and I will chat with you guys uh, tomorrow. Bye.